Let's see, do I have everything? Uh, mic, headphones, whiskey. All right, let's get started. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. Good afternoon and welcome to On the Nose with Joey Erringman. I'm your host and with me today is neuroscientist Danny Nemeth. Thank you for having me on, Joey. Thanks for being here today. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the neuroscience field. So I currently work as a graduate research associate at Ohio State University, and I study neuroimmunology, which is how the immune system can affect the brain. Great. Thanks for being here with us today, and Danny's going to help us out through this podcast. But to start, our whiskey of the week is... Redbreast 12 Cast Strength. Redbreast 12 Cast Strength. So tell us a little bit about this one. So Redbreast 12 Cast Strength... Um, is what it is. I mean, what it says is cast strength whiskey. Uh, the ABV is 58.2% for those who prefer using proof. It's 116.2 proof. So it's a pretty uh, hefty alcoholic whiskey, but this is what you get when you pull it right out of the cask. It's a triple distilled single pot Irish whiskey, and this is how Redbreast and the whole um, family at Middleton Distillery does their whiskey with tr- uh, triple distillation and their nice copper pot stills. Um, this whiskey is unfiltered. Uh, it does have some coloring in it, so that's why you get a little bit of a darker amber color. Uh, and let's let's taste away. See, now that's a good 5 o'clock whiskey after a super long day. Oh, yeah. If that's your first whiskey, that's hitting you hard in yeah, the face. But that's a, that's a great whiskey to start but off But it goes with. down smooth. Um, we'll get into a little bit later about how you should go through and, and taste your whiskey. Um... Obviously, taste it however you want or drink it however you want, but, you know, we notice that there's a there's this nice nose to it, this really full flavor, and nice vanilla notes and, and fruit, and then once you, you know, get it onto your tongue, it's so creamy and buttery, it yeah. just goes down nice and smooth. It's a very welcoming whiskey. So, as Danny said, we're going to go through the podcast today. Uh, we'll talk about whiskey glassware. We'll talk about how to smell your whiskey, how to taste your whiskey, and what kind of experiences you're getting out of it and the science behind it all, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by no one. If you'd like to contribute and help keep this show alive, go to Erringman's Pub on Instagram or Erringman's Pub on Twitter or Facebook and send me a direct message and we'll get you hooked up. Otherwise, we're going to run out of whiskey. So starting off, we're going to be talking about whiskey glassware. Now, Danny, so I've seen a shit ton of different glasses used to try whiskey. I have a general idea, but how are there major differences between each type of glassware in the whiskey world? Yeah, I mean, people have been making glassware for centuries now, right? So you can put whiskey in just about anything. However, it's the experience you get while tasting the whiskey is what uh, is going to drive you to pick the best glass for it. Um, The main one you see people use in all of the movies and whatnot is like a uh, old-fashioned glass, like a tumbler-type glass. However, the wide uh, mouth of this whiskey of this whiskey glass, it loses a lot of the aromas, and it really allows you uh, to only really smell the ethanol that comes off of it. So basically, this the, the tumbler glass is used when you already know your whiskey and you're just trying to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people stay away from it, mostly because you lose a lot of the flavors, so I wouldn't put a nice like this Red Rust 12 into a, a, a tumbler glass, mostly because 
you're just going to be smelling straight up, uh, ethanol, and that's not going to be quite enjoyable. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So tumblers only used for probably mixed drinks, then. Mixed drinks are great. You can fit a lot of them in there. Okay. So mixed drinks and tumblers, don't use it when you're first tasting a whiskey. Yeah. Straight whiskey. We'll, we'll skip on to things that you can actually put straight whiskey into. Okay. Um, I guess it comes next is like a snifter glass. Um, this is kind of one of those uh, brandy type glasses. It has a really thick bottom to it, a uh, really short stem. And this is kind of like what you see with like classiness. Like it symbolizes, uh, you know, some uppity type rich people. So is, is this the glass that's similar to like a wine glass, but smaller? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. So I've seen those before and they usually hold it right Right down at the bottom of the base, and they kind of swirl it around. And all yeah, you have down. a cigar next to you. You put the cigar over top of it. You take your Instagram pic. Yep, you know. okay, yeah. I got you. I think that's a favorite of Richard Patterson's. If anybody's watched any of his videos, they're quite interesting. And I don't know how he does it, but he's managed to throw his whiskey on the floor before tasting and smelling it. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, I haven't. Oh, he's uh, and he's fun to watch and also very painful to watch as he tastes his whiskey and throws it on the ground the first time. <laughs> okay, so the snifter. It's for fanciness. Fanciness. Brand, people like to use it with brandy. Brandy has okay. a little bit of low, lower ABV. All right. It's a lot sweeter. You can put it in there. Um, but, yeah, it's it's mostly what you see with people with uh, a nice fat stogie, and they're trying to feel super fancy. Awesome. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, so the next one is kind of the uh, gold standard currently of, which is what we're currently drinking out of, um, which is a Glencairn. Um, this Glencairn has this nice short base to it. Um, it has like a, a, a bulb at the bottom and then a very, uh, it has a thinner nose to the, to the glass, the rim of it. It kind of tulips up to the nose, right? It does tulip up to okay. the nose. Um, and what this does is it really allows for the aromas to get stuck in that bottom part of the barrel, of bottom part of the glass. And then while you smell the whiskey, you're getting a lot less of the, uh, the ethanol and you're smelling more of the aromas okay okay and for those of you out there a real glencairn glass is going to have the glencairn glass typed into the herb printed onto the bottom so keep an eye out for that and these are real glencairn oh glasses. i always have the real glencairn glasses man that's a mouthful to say it's especially when you've had a couple whiskeys behind you yeah, especially this is 58.2 percent alcohol 58.2 percent yeah oh yeah if you're down on in this top one. of a couple that i've had Ooh. already <laughs> Yeah, and you get that nice vanilla flavor mm-hmm. off the top of that yeah, one, really, on the nose of that you one. You really do get some good flavors out of this. That's interesting. It okay. really hits you hard. Cool. Um, so the next one is kind of the... Uh, it's the choice of the master distillers. It's called a, like one of the tulip glasses or a copita glass. Um, this one has... It looks kind of like a, a champagne glass, but a little bit thicker at the bottom. has nice... like. Um, bulge at the bottom of there and um, the bowl at the bottom really concentrates the smell Um, it has a longer stem so you can hold it at the bottom uh, and not warm your whiskey up to body temperature Um, and the reason why you don't want to do that is because you'll get a lot more um, ethanol coming off your whiskey if it's at body temp when it's at room temperature it's it's rather mellow and you don't get all that ethanol smell to it um, so really, just raising up the body temperature is going to increase the amount of ethanol that you're getting off of it? Yeah, because like, those aromatic volatile compounds are um, definitely temperature dependent when they okay. are in your glass. So Interesting. If you, if you boil whiskey, which you should never do. Ah, I would but, never. But, <laughs> but if, you, if you boil alcohol and you, you, know, you smell it, 
you're going to get a lot of ethanol in your face, and it's going to not going to smell very good. So that's kind of what the 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 point of the long stem is. It's about sixty to seventy degrees, I would say, is probably the best temperature to drink whiskey at. Yeah, oh, room temperature. Room yeah, temperature. so that's right around okay. there. Okay. Um, and so one thing that the the tool of glass, the the master distiller blender cla- glass, does is that these people have really really sensitive uh, smells. Like they, they they their nose is so sensitive that actually they can smell some things that are coming off their hands. So if they're um, working with barrels all day or, you know, they, they, they don't want to get the smells of things that have been on their hands previously. That's crazy. I would have never guessed that. Because I, I do enjoy smelling and getting all the different aromas out of a whiskey, but confusing the whiskey smells with the smells from my hand, especially when I'm holding it at the bottom of a Glencairn glass, would have never guessed that that was a thing. Yeah, and so... Uh, I don't know. Maybe one day you're chopping garlic, chopping onions. That could be like one of those. That's uh, a good point. Right? If you don't yeah. want to be smelling garlic in your whiskey, that wouldn't smell too good. That sulfur uh, compound. Okay. So the one who decides the best bottle of Jameson or the one who decided this Red Breast 12 cask strength was probably using a tulip glass, right? They probably were. Okay. Yeah. Um, and next one is one that you shouldn't drink straight whiskey out of again is one of those highball glasses. And this is the same thing as a stout glass, or similar to a stout glass, or like a uh, a beer, beer okay. tumbler type okay. thing. Um, most of those are used for mixers, scotch and soda, um, whiskey gingers. Fill it up, fill it up to the brim, and have a fun night. But straight whiskey is not not good out of those ones. All right, fair enough. But you can go out have whiskey ginger, whiskey sour, all those kind of. If you're looking to have fun, you're gonna have a highball whiskey because you're gonna be mixing drinks, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. And the one that is actually quite new, um, this glass that was apparently created by accident in a glassblower's uh, facility, um, and then they claimed that it was naturally engineered aroma tech, which gives the acronym of that um, is NEAT. And so they say you should drink your whiskey neat in the neat whiskey glass. Yeah, so when you brought this up, this was the first time I'd ever heard of that. And I actually had to go and do some research on it. It's a very interesting style of glass. Um, but I, I had never heard of that. And is there, any, is there any substance behind it? Has there been any proof that it is a great whiskey tasting glass? Besides uh, more like antidotal stories that I've heard, not really. Um a lot of it, like I said, it is, it was an accident. An accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. All I right. mean, the best, like, potato chips are accidents. Fair enough. But okay. those are amazing. Um, this is kind of one of those accidents. I'm not sure if it has the right science behind it yet. Um, some, like, you know, I'm not sure if a professor in thermodynamics or, like, fluid dynamics wants to really study where the aromas of whiskey go um, for a glass that's already being sold at a pretty high rate. Um, but it's this kind of glass because we haven't really uh, discussed it quite yet. That is uh, has a very very firm base to it. It's very thick base. It's almost like a um, if you take like a vase and then you shrunk it down to a glass size. It has a, a very uh, wide rim to it and then a very thin or a, a bulbous base. And it's only like about few few inches high. Really? Okay, that's interesting. And so, so what they're trying to get at with that is that what they claim is that the ethanol aromas will um, kind of leach out of the sides, like the, the top 
rim, outside rims of the glass, and the flavor compounds that come off your whiskey are going to hover right around the center area. So what you're supposed to do is stick your nose right in the center area, and you won't get any ethanol. That's interesting. i got to find some of these glasses and try this for myself. Is this anything like the glass that we used when we were at the Celtic Whiskey Bar in Killarney, Ireland? That would be more of a... uh, a modified tulip glass but yeah okay. if, you, if you took that type of glass where it had that um wide brim to it and then shrunk it down okay about half the size and made it a little bit more bulbous yeah that's, gotcha. that's right around there yeah interesting well hey some of the best of us were accidents right speak for yourself <laughs> fair enough all right now i want to start experiencing whiskey danny how do we start just hanging out with this gorgeous whiskey yeah, so what we're first going to do is you're going to pour your whiskey into your glass. We've selected our Glencairn. That's a good first step. Right, you got to take the cork off that's if we really want to go back. Step. Yeah. Um, but you pour your whiskey into your glass, and the first thing you want to do, just take a nice gander at it, look at it, kind of spin it around a little bit um, right around your glass. You'll see that there, uh, as the liquid gets to a different part of the, of the glass, you'll see these t- kind of teardrops. Um, these are called the legs. The legs. The legs. And these legs are beautiful. They are beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful legs right there. Um, people say that this tells you how much ethanol is in the whiskey. That's not quite true. Um, it's more or less what the composition, how viscous the whiskey is. Okay. And for people who are like me and don't know what viscous means. It's, uh, is it that oiliness? The o- yeah. So okay. oiliness. Right. Like, so how thick ah, something okay. is. Okay. Gotcha. So like, gotcha. something that's very viscous is like silly putty. So those more oily whiskeys, you're gonna, that texture is gonna linger on your tongue for a little longer. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You'll you'll okay. feel, you'll you'll taste more for longer if it sticks okay. around. All right. Well, okay. Looking at it, this is a gorgeous whiskey. Yeah. So you kind of get that like golden. If you, I, I diluted mine a little bit with water, okay. um, which right. we'll talk about, but yours looks a little bit more golden red, um, and mine's that like caramel, like lighter yellow color of it which is just gorgeous for for a whiskey um and so this kind of like sets your expectations what is it expecting a great whiskey so (laughs) much we've already been drinking it but uh it's it really sets your expectations for what you're what you're gonna uh, be tasting and that's a big part of it so going into tasting whiskey with a positive outlook on the whiskey how the whiskey's gonna taste if you go in negative you're gonna say it's a bad whiskey fair enough fair enough Okay. All right. So the smelling portion of it, the biggest thing that I've come across is I see a lot of people just dive their nose right into the glass. And unless you're experienced and used to that kind of ethanol burning your nose hairs, don't dive in like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I I see that all the time too. people, especially my family, who isn't quite well versed in how to, how to drink whiskey or what what to expect. They kind of just stick their nose in the glass and, they just go, Ugh. Yeah, they pull back real hard. They, they're like, oh, that's, yep. uh, that tastes, uh, that smells really bad. You're right. And yeah. uh, you get that, like, the vodka ethanol smell. Maybe not, like, acetone smell, but you get that, like, the, the ethanol smell. And that's, that's kind of off, it's off-putting for some people. It is, especially for the first taste of the whiskey. Um, I'll usually hold mine maybe two to three inches away from my nose, and that's where I get the best smell Oh, yeah, the whiskey. definitely. And then if you go a little bit more adventurous, you know, you start... Going a little it's bit a nice word, adventurous, adventurous you, you go dive deep into the into your glass, and what I've noticed is that if you you know you you just swirl your glass around a little bit, you don't need to shake it or or uh, 
really put too much energy into that glass, but you just give it a little agitation, it lifts off some of those aromas out of the glass, um, and allows you to smell what's going on um, after all this aging. All right. So so what are we smelling here? So we're going to be smelling a, a, just a host of aromatic compounds. Okay. Um, we, there are so many of them, esters, con, or congeners, uh, I don't think I said that word right, but... Uh, Esters, methyls, and ethers. Yeah, aldehydes. My, my grandmother's best friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ingas, that's my grandma's name. That's not really a chemical compound. It was ethyls, though. esters, and ethers. I don't know. Anyway. Yes. So it's, it's, it's these small molecules yeah. that um, they end up lingering uh, within after uh, maturation of these whiskeys. And uh, you, you really get this nice flavor uh, profile um, with the, each whiskey. And so this could be blended with a different, um, a bunch of different casts put together. Um, this specific cast, it, well, this specific whiskey is going to be one, one cast. One cask, one cask. Okay. Yeah, and I'm definitely getting the vanilla oh, off yeah. this one. Like that's probably the strongest smell yeah. I'm getting out of so, it so all. So you get the vanilla, and so the the best part about smelling whiskey and tasting whiskey is that you're really never wrong. Um, some people will go really far into smelling and tasting their whiskey, and they, they'll sound pretentious sometimes. Um, which is fun if you want to, you know, put a monocle in. It's fun if you're intentionally trying trying to be. Oh yeah, you put a monocle yeah. in. You put a, you know, you get a cigar out, and you can say, "Hmm, this smells like vanilla picked in uh, May." The green fruits. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but um, really, you just want to kind of link some of these smells with um, childhood experiences or just experiences in general, positive ones. That's interesting you say that because a lot of times when I smell a whiskey. I, I get a memory that comes back to me. Like when I smell, um, I think it was either the Glenlivet 12 or a Monkey Shoulder. And I know they're very two different whiskeys, but I forget which one does it. But I get like this shortbread smell off of it. And it reminds me of Christmas at home sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And so like even with this whiskey we're smelling right now, it's it's very heavy in vanilla. And it really takes me back to, uh, I mean, the the time I tasted this whiskey was when we were in Ireland. And it it takes me back to when we were going through the Middleton distillery and looking at and like kind of walking into the maturation warehouses and you get that really nice vanilla oaky smell and yeah, um, it, was, it really brings me back it was all around you it was beautiful oh yeah just gorgeous go if you can if you can go to yes. Ireland just go yes absolutely um but yeah I think it just like there's a lot of neuroscience um that that backs up this connection between your olfaction um which is smelling and memory and so regions of your uh if you go get really into it your hippocampus and your amygdala are re- are areas of your brain that tell your brain um what a memory is or they create a memory and then they tell you if it's good or bad okay um and so some people might smell vanilla and you know they got beat up with a vanilla sack in high school and so they're <laughs> they might not enjoy it as they much. probably won't enjoy it very much so um they probably stay away from a lot of bourbons awesome but, but yeah, so that's kind of what you're supposed to do. Kind of just like put it together with it with a with a positive experience. Okay. And then yeah, if you're looking for more information on smelling whiskeys, Dr. Don Livermore produced his whiskey smells wheel. Is that what that is? It's a whiskey flavor wheel. Okay, whiskey flavor wheel. Yeah, and he's he's the bl- master blender of uh, J.P. Weiser and uh, at uh, Walker and Sons. Uh, and so he he creates J.P. Wise, uh, Pike Creek, Lot Forty, all these are Canadian whiskeys. Okay. And so he really puts in a lot of time and effort to make sure you know what chemical you're smelling and 
yeah. um and he has some great uh youtube videos too. gotcha okay yeah if you get a chance to check this out it's an amazing looking flavor wheel i'm looking at it right now and it's very intricate and detailed uh so i'm gonna definitely take a closer look at it later and so yeah and some things i heard from him was that he's what he wants to do is add another layer to it where he tells you what temperature um that each one of these compounds comes out of the d- distillate oh wow um, and that's what that's... he that's his like pet project that'd be so in-depth i mean this this flavor wheel is already very in-depth so that'd be really cool oh yeah all right so we've spent a bunch of time smelling our whiskey and looking at all sorts of different kinds of pretentious we're ready to taste the whiskey now and daniel from the modern whiskey or from the whiskey academy uh from the youtube video modern rogue produced said you're never gonna get that first taste of whiskey back so that first taste of whiskey that you take just enjoy it Oh, you yeah. have plenty of time to evaluate it later. And so just enjoy that first sip of whiskey. But as we go in, what's our, what, what are we tasting on the second uh, taste of whiskey? Like, how do we get into that? What are we looking for? Yeah, so the when you're tasting it, you, know, you take your first sip, you just enjoy it. It's nice. You relax. You slink down in your lazy boy. And that second sip, what you really want to do is uh, just take a, a very small sip uh, you do a thing called the Kentucky Chew. Yes, um, familiar with that. The Kentucky Chew, yeah. It's a, it's a great way to really um, coat your tongue in this whiskey, or in any whiskey, and then really experience what flavors you're, you're tasting. And so uh, it really it, it can aromatize a lot of the compounds in your whiskey, and you'll start you know tasting and smelling your whiskey again. And then you just do the same thing when you smell it. You bring it back to a... a you know, a simple taste that and a simple smell that you have experienced before. And and real quick, so that Kentucky Chew that he was talking about, it's literally just chewing the whiskey. Mm-hmm. You exactly. put the whiskey in your mouth and you just make a chewing motion. And that does a really good job of coating your whole mouth and allowing you to experience all the different flavors from it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then when you're ready, you just let the whiskey slide on back, let it coat the rest of your tongue. And then just kind of wait and just feel how the whiskey's acting on your tongue and any of the flavors that come out because you can get a whole host of flavors afterwards. Exactly. And that finish is honestly probably the biggest impression for me on a whiskey. When you, when you taste a whiskey, you're going to get that first impression, that kind of first taste, if you will, uh, when you take that first sip. But when you swallow it and you get that finish, that finish is what lingers the longest and is what ha- it's what has the lasting effect for me. And usually decides what, if I like the whiskey or not, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And so that, you know, you have different things. You have um, the smell is on the nose. You have your palate, which is um, how, what kind of taste you get out when you're, when you're like, have, when you have the whiskey on your tongue. And then the finish as it goes down and what, what's, what's the remaining taste that lingers there. And you can kind of pick apart different things that come out and different compounds will come out at different times based on, um, what taste buds you have where, um, where you're sensing these, uh, these tastes at all around your neck. That's true. Your yeah. So let's get into adding ice and water. Cause I know some people like their whiskey on the rocks mm-hmm. and I've heard before adding little drops of water will change the flavor profile of the whiskey. Take it away. Cause yeah. So, um, so we'll first start with ice and ice, okay. uh, if you can avoid putting in ice, I would highly recommend it. 
a long... Although, as somebody who does like whiskey on the rocks sometimes, I will say my, my favorite is a Bushmills Redbush, and I will put that on an ice ball. The ice ball melts a lot slower because it's got a lot less surface area, and that will dilute it some... But I already know the flavor profile of the whiskey. I exactly. know the whiskey. I've experienced the whiskey. This is just me when I come home and I want an easy glass of whiskey to kind of cool the palate, kind of cool, yeah. relax. Exactly. And so drink whiskey however you want. If you enjoy it cold, drink it cold. But I would say... Have your first sip, not on ice. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Make sure that you know what the whiskey tastes like just as a base. And then if you prefer it cold, drink it cold. Drink it in whatever glass you want. Drink it out of a mug. It doesn't matter. As long as you're enjoying it. And that's the biggest part. Please don't drink it out of a mug. I, I drink it out of a mug. Do it. <laughs> but um, it's a little bit in the neuroscience of it is that actually your taste receptors on your tongue um, actually shut down at certain temperatures. So you might not get... That's why it kind of blunts the taste uh, when you chill your whiskey is because your the receptors in your tongue aren't, aren't picking up those different flavors. So that's I think that's kind of similar with beer. So the crappy beer that you drink in college is usually advertised as best served cold or served on ice. ice. Yeah. Yeah. The colder you make it, the better it is. And is that from the fact that the colder it is, the less your taste receptors are gonna pick up on a shitty beer? Exactly. Okay. All right. You you won't get a lot of sometimes with that uh if you chill that your beer down or your whiskey, some of the bad flavors don't come out as harsh okay so if there's a whiskey in your collection that you really don't like stick it in the freezer oh yeah all right fair Drink enough cold put some put some ice in it clear ice is doesn't melt as fast either okay so. cool all right so that wraps up today's podcast we covered the whiskey glassware the how to smell the whiskey how to taste the whiskey and big thanks to neuroscientist danny nemeth for being here today well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you were able to fill in a lot of gaps where I was lacking in the science field. So thanks again for that. Last but not least, don't forget to subscribe and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Erringman's Pub. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman, and the best whiskey is shared with friends. Good night, everyone. This is On the Nose with Joey Erringman. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol.